Welcome to Blank Meets Blank, where writing is easy and ideas are cheap. Every episode, we start with nothing, and in an hour, we create a brand new TV show, including the plot of the pilot, a show battle, story structure, all kinds of jazz, all whipped up by my co-writer Jim Scampoli and myself, Jacob Burrows. Last time, we combined 8 Mile with... Pepsi, or PepsiCo, the company that owns Pepsi, and created a bright animated rap battle show where brands duke it out in verse, and our plucky protagonist, an actual can of Pepsi, takes on his rival, Coca-Cola, for the record deal of a century. Clearly, it was a perfect TV show, so there's really no reason for us to make another episode of this, right, Jim? You are absolutely correct. The show is a huge hit, uh, merchandising through the roof, ratings through the roof, but guess what? Not a what? huge hit for your boys here. What? Uh, looks like we need to get ourselves a better entertainment lawyer because these brands came in, started citing intellectual property, uh, things that we'd have no ownership from, cut us out of the deal, took our fucking idea because ideas are cheap. Uh, so we didn't get anything off oh, this billion-dollar idea. Shit, but what about fair use? I thought we used it fairly. Is that not what that... No, the Wait thing it. is, we did fair use for Coke. We thought Pepsi was on our side. Pepsi is not on our side because they are a conglomerate, mm. and all they do is step on the little guy. So, leaving us here with, uh, with, you know, with pennies in our hands and nothing but trying to come up with a new idea. Well, such is the life of a writer, Jim, no doubt. And uh, I'm sure we'll be able to whip up another show here. We'll just take an hour or so to get it done. Um, if you're listening for the first time, we pulled two random things from two hats. Jim, do you want to pull something from your Hollywood hat that has TV shows and movies and such in it? Absolutely. Because, I mean, the show is called Blank Meets Blank, people. Keep up. Yeah. Some people Keep don't up. get it. Some people We're don't get it. <laughs> it takes a really long time to explain it to some people. <laughs> some people don't get it. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go on for a while and they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. And then they still don't. You play something for them and you stare at them and they still don't get it. So thanks for sticking right. it out, all you people who get it. Here we go. Ooh. Hollywood hat. Let's do it. Ooh, we got? It's an interesting one. Okay. <sighs> Guess. <laughs> Guess what it is. No. All right. Lord of the Rings. Lord nice. of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. J.R. Tolkien's. J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. I'm very excited about that because there's a lot to pull from there. And we'll figure out what exactly we're pulling in a second. But we got to make a drawing from the crazy hat that has all sorts of random crazy things in it. I am a bit concerned because one of the things in the crazy hat is just a dragon. Uh, so hopefully we won't get that one. Uh, let's get a random one. It's here we are. Are you fucking shitting me? <laughs> Is it a dragon? It's a dragon. We pulled a dragon, literally. Do we redraw it? I'm pretty sure we redraw it, right? <laughs> uh, fuck, does that go against the rules, though? I don't know. It says, so... Uh, it's so, it was so close to April Fool's Day as well, which would have been great. But, uh, yeah, no, we got a dragon, literally. It says, a dragon, comma, literally. So, Lord of the Rings meets a dragon, literally. It's not... It doesn't sound like a new show. It sounds like Lord of the Rings. But I don't know, Jim. What do you think? All right, draw again. But if the dragon comes up again, we got to keep it. Well, yeah, I would agree to that. Let's, th let's try this again. Um, okay. I pulled it again. I got red pill. Hell Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, this is great, actually. We feel better about this? Yes, yeah. this is great. Thank God. I'm sorry, I'm still a bit shaky there. And I do apologize if anyone thinks we broke the rules. Uh, 
please send us an email. Tell us what we should have done because uh, you figure it out. <laughs> you figure uh, out what to do with those two. Um, for those not familiar, uh, Jim's going to explain what red pilling is in a second. But uh, do you want to start? Do we we have to decide what to pull from Lord of the Rings? Right, epic adventure feels like yeah, obviously yeah. epic adventure journey. You know, fantasy uh, classic. Yeah, j- fantasy journey. You know, good versus evil. I mean, all of that is part of red pilling as well. I feel yeah, elves and dwarves, battle of races. <laughs> That's all great stuff. With Red Pill... It's from The Matrix, right, Jim? That's what it means. Absolutely. Yes, it is. Because that's what I mean. Because it could be... It, get, it obviously has a very negative connotation when it comes to uh, the internet. Well, pretend um, someone doesn't know what we're talking about, Jim, because they might not. Well, that's what I'm saying. So first, we'll just go with the basic. The basic idea is, yeah, it's Red Pilled from The Matrix. It, it refers to becoming enlightened about the truth of reality, uh, especially truth that is difficult to accept uh, or it exposes disillusions. Mm. It's, it's, it's in a way, it's like being woke, which is another online term. Which I'm pretty sure we also have in our hat <laughs> for another episode. <laughs> Very good. Um, online, it's used among anti-feminists mm-hmm. and uh, white supremacist groups. To refer to waking up to the truth that women in liberal politics are oppressing men. <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, you're talking about meninists? But not always, because it's also a big thing right now is it's around Q and uh, who yeah. Q is. So if you get mm-hmm. red-pilled, it's like you realize that, like, you know, there's a, there's a sinister... I mean, this is great. There's sinister evil uh, yeah. in the, amongst our power structures. But the great thing about that... Is that he, it's that's just a universal thought amongst everyone. Everyone thinks there's there's a sinister evil in our uh, power structure. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this all sounds like we'll be we should be able to fit the pieces together some way or another. The whole you know sinister evil that you uncover, like kind of a Matrix vibe, but in a fantasy setting, or vice versa. Who knows? Uh, it's yes. pretty good, good stuff. Could be actual pills. I'm gonna put actual pills, like pharmaceuticals. Cause... We always go the literal, but I like it. <laughs> I like what you're. I like what you're saying. Yeah. So now I assume since we're saying Lord of the Rings, we kind of have to have it in some sort of set a fantasy setting, with yes, elves and orcs and whatnot. That's what I was assuming. I mean, we could have something different than orcs, uh, or maybe I mean, if we want to go a literal route, it can be about you know, uh, you know that type of society, but it's more about the society. That's kind of what I get in. I'm getting from Red Pill, you know, where it's not necessary. Maybe we leave the epic quest, uh, take away all the simplicity of Lord of the Rings and take the complexity of uh, modern day situations and the evils inherent in power structures of today and apply them to a fantasy setting. Or what do you think? Uh, Yeah, no, I'm with that. I'm putting down a few archetypes like Gandalf, you know, the the mentor, uh, Frodo, the unwilling... Um, protagonist, I guess. Well, I guess technically Sam might be the protagonist, but what have you. Um, the unveiling adventurer. Well, because what I'm saying, because we could make it where that, um, like if we're going the men's rights activists, uh, red pilled, uh, we can make them the villains. Like they could be, you know, Sauron, uh, 
could be uh, an uh, ex-feminist who's been red-pilled, and now he must be defeated. Yeah. Uh, my, my first thought of combining them is, you know, uh, the race of man, like Lord of the Rings. The, the men feel that they are oppressed, like actually the, the way in the olden-style text they'd refer to man as the race of men uh, is actually humanity, which is not something that happens in my native language, Swedish, so I never really followed it, but, you know, the way people say them when they talk about men, they mean humanity. Um, yes. So perhaps these Meninists are uh, really upset about, uh, you know, how the elves who live forever and the orcs who are literally inherently evil are now allowed to work among us and steal our jobs. And they talk about how these orcs, they're literally evil. They're created to be evil. And yet we allow them out in society. Man should be superior to them. Get, getting a bit race war here, Jim. Yeah, well, because, yeah, but uh, I mean, the way you're pitching that, I'm liking it. And I think that the humanity is correct. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking, but they are. I mean, they're not, I mean, men are, I mean, not men, humanity, <laughs> you know, we're not immortal. We don't have special powers. Yeah. But we, here we are, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And it's not even that we're, we're not even sp- stating superior. We're just saying like, hey, we've, you know what, it, you know what, this is great. Because we don't have elf privilege. Uh, literally, we don't have elf privilege. So, like, elves represent white people. Okay. Uh, if I could spell it out for you. <laughs> but we're putting humanity all in the same boat. And we're coming up. We're, we're, we're facing a more of an uphill battle than everyone else. You know, dwarves probably live longer than us. Elves are immortal. Plus, they have ma- wizards have magic. Orcs are created to be evil. All right, this is great now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just want to figure out where we're landing on the whole they are right thing about <laughs> the men are humanity is correct about this. Like, what is their actual opinion? And no, but what- they, but humanity is correct because humanity in our story represents the oppressed. Right. Okay. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. So it's not. Humanity does not represent like white supremacy. Elves mm-hmm. represent white supremacy. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Uh, Although we're we're getting we're 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 running up on bright territory a little bit. Although mm. bright is set in modern day. Yes, so I didn't watch that, different. but I did see the trailer once, and I'm pretty sure I got the idea. Uh, where except that's... in there's orcs were the oppressed. Yes. Which and makes sense, kind of. That's an angle one could go. Um, we're I'm not just doing stating that, that because we don't want to get too derivative. We, we're going to come... I mean, and Bright was not very good. We're going to be good. This is going to be a good thing. See, that's how you know it's a different thing. Uh, but that's also like a buddy cop thing, surely, right? About a human... And yeah, a, it was like a yeah, buddy yeah. cop. Okay, well, we're not doing that. I don't know what the story is exactly. We're, we might try to make it an epic adventure somehow. Fantasy journey. Uh, maybe a quest to uncover the history of this world and how the humanity ended up uh, oppressed or quote unquote oppressed. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, you know, one thing you have in Lord of the Rings though, a uh, band of uh, people of all, all creeds and, and backgrounds coming together uh, with a lot of internal conflict. Cause some people want the ring and all of that. Uh, but I, I, I can't really see how we can tell a story like this without our cast being, you know, a diverse bunch of people. Right. I mean, I would love to see a fellowship somehow, even if we're tackling I mean, these things. 
No, I, I think you're getting too hung up. Like you're you're getting very scared that we're making racist propaganda or something because yes, you, Jim. you're correct. <laughs> but but you're not listening to what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. of course it's going to be diverse because humanity is one. It's humanity. It's mm-hmm. it's like all shades, all you know, all different ethnicities. That's the that's the point. Is that the the greatest thing about humans right now? is their diversity and that we have different types of people, okay. uh, different genders, different races. We're all humans. That's the perfect, that's why it's great. And the thing is, and we're, we're, but we're fighting supernatural forces that represent power structures that we re- that people really have to fight against in the real world. Okay. I get like you. Yeah. Like your liberal stupid brains getting yeah. caught up right now because you're so concerned that you're a white guy mm. making something about oppression that yeah. you don't see the fucking forest or the trees right now. No, you're is right. Is that we're 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 uh, we're we're doing the fight against the power, like the red pill. We're taking red pill back because the red pill is is for these people that are becoming uh, uh, unshackled. Uh, they're, yes, they're becoming unshackled and enlightened to the the many trials and tribulations that they have to deal with uh, because it's not an even playing field with some of these power structures. I get what you're saying now, and I think the reason I'm bumping up against it is that traditionally in most fantasy, they have a weird way, which kind of you know is, is rooted in uh, Tolkien a lot, but like how different races are representation of people on earth like different types of people and how like the you know they they're shown as the differences between them that's what they have to overcome to work together yeah let me make you comfortable here is that elves represent uh billionaires (laughs) uh dwarfs represent uh uh, like southern racists um or maybe orcs actually orcs might represent that okay um or like yeah, like orcs represent like the KKK or like neo Nazis, um, uh, and yeah, maybe dwarfs represent like the Confederate flag. Like that, that's where we're going with this. Yeah, I get you. Because usually, and and the thing is, but the, the reason why this is so great and what I'm thinking about now is because you're right. They they do it the other way around, where they always make, which makes no sense. Is they make the they make humanity like showing the worst of us for some reason when in reality the humans have no power in this world like so they're they're fucking bending over backwards you know to make uh, Boromir all like greedy for power or whatever and how like men are the worst uh, and I don't mean like like again I'm saying men is in like humanity like people are the worst when meanwhile they're in this fucking crazy ass world of dragons and wizards and shit and it's like no these motherfuckers have the power these motherfuckers are are the bad ones because as we know power corrupts so what you're saying is basically we're talking about a human rights group but they're literally like for human rights uh yes in this world yes yeah. okay yes i get you so this do is all this, uh, this is the ultimate fight for human rights do all supernatural are all supernatural creatures in this evil then is that what we have to go with if that's the world we're painting for the most part not all of okay. them no i mean because that's like in the real world not everything's as cut and dry as yeah. that that's like saying you know all white people are evil or something yeah that'd be crazy you know, we're gonna have we're gonna have allies we're gonna have allies in this journey mm. but that's that's what's so important about some of these allies is because they're basically being exiled from 
you know, their race, like whether it be an elf, whether it be a wizard, and, you know, they're, they're going on this ultimate human rights journey to, you know, take back the power and, you know, democratize that power, if you will. Mm, mm. Well, I mean, in a lot of fantasy, humanity are kind of shown as pieces of shit, uh, which I guess, I mean, you can see why because uh, we we are kind of dicks to ourselves a lot like human to human there's a lot of violence and fantasies an enhanced version of that so just thinking of like i read the witcher book you know they based that on it's all about well not all about but a lot of it is about like oh we just genocided the elves real quick um is this then taking place i i don't know i guess we should try to drill down some characters some plots but i i i get what you're coming where you're coming from more i'm gonna need your well, guiding yeah, like, hand on this jim because uh, <laughs> yeah think about the witcher then think of how ridiculous that sounds how did they genocide the elves when the elves were more powerful? Come on, okay. <laughs> Bending over backward, like like the, we're taking we're taking the lo- road less traveled here, and it's gonna make all the difference because it's easy. It's an easy road, my dudes. Because what I'm like, the humanity in this story represents the best of us. It represents. Uh, it, it represents the diversity and how it's our strength, but it also represents the oppressed. Like that's what you, you that's what you need to get on board with here. I guess I need to figure out practicalities of what the world looks like to get on board with it. You know, like what is life like for our main characters? Like, are we in a? Are is it just a literal like fight? Uh, you know, we have the human city, we have the elven city, and they're fighting each other. Or are we in a society where all of these forces are present? Uh, but there's no, yeah, we're in a society for yeah, sure. Yeah, we do live in a society. We live in a, yeah, we live in a society, and it's just more about how like things have gone on for as long as they've gone on, and uh, most people just accept the way things are. Yeah. Uh, but the most important thing in a story like this is that a ragtag group decides they're not just going to accept things the way they are. Jim, as long as we have a ragtag group, I'm happy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, like, for example, like, you know, uh, and again, we're not doing modern times. I'm just using things as an example. Like, you know, you have the, you have whatever is representing, like, the 1%, or, you know, the the very rich. And of course, that's the elves. The elves are very rich. They kinda they have all the leadership spots, they make the laws, they they run the society, and then you kinda down step down on the on the ladder, you have your your dwarfs maybe. Um and then, you know, from there, like you have your orcs, and at the bottom of the barrel, humans. Okay, and you know they they kind of they they work as, uh, you know the humans are basically like immigrants. They've they've traveled to this society. They do all the menial labor. Uh, the, you know they uh, most of the most of the physical labor stuff like that. And for the most part, people are just like, well, you know, this is the way things are. Of course, that's the way that things are. We don't know how to do magic. We don't know how to do this or that. And you know what? I mean, I guess we could even go with. Like, uh, you could always go the route almost running up to a chosen one type thing where it's like, you know, we had to hide the child because the child is a, it's half human, half elf, Mm. you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's a little too derivative, I feel, but something along those lines. So what I'm seeing here is a society where 
like it's kind of um, <laughs> makes it easier for me in my liberal heart to comprehend if I also compare it to like science fiction, you know, where the billionaires yes. have become immortal through genetic modification and shit, you know, or they can upload yes. their consciousness and recreate themselves. I'm just going to have to rethink that the elves of this world, I mean, call them the elven lords or what have you, they're the ones who like dominate society through their immortality and their magics. So they're at the very top. Like you said, we'll put the dwarves in a layer underneath. I, I would like, you know, traditionally there's a... a Probably the police force. They're kind of like the police force, I'd well, say. Well, I was going to say... Or the military. I would, I, in my feeling, the orcs could be like supernatural fighters and warriors. They would fit into that. While I think of dwarves uh, as makers cool. of things, they could make actual yes. magical objects that only elves are allowed to touch. And if a human touches them, they'll burn to a cinder on the spot. But maybe there's a dwarf making something for our human character to use to disrupt the system or something. Yeah, yeah, because like the way, like think of it this way, you know, you got elves, they're out fucking, they're they're doing like magic drugs and shit. They're making like pixie, they're like sniffing off of pixie dust and, you know, doing crazy stuff. And then they're riding around in like a, like a magic car and they're like running over people and they're not facing consequences for it because it's like, well, that's, you know, it's not like an elf died. Uh, that was just a. It was just a human. You know, things like that. That's what. That's what we're getting into. Yeah, I get you. It's got. <laughs> that's an episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like the. It's like the. You know how we like to kind of depict superheroes now. You know, as dicks. In a lot of uh, yes, depictions yeah. now, you have superheroes, but they're pieces of shit uh, who do all the same bad stuff that regular people do. So the elves in this, or the magical overlords, that's that's what they're all about. And the dwarves could be. I mean, yeah, the makers of things, the orcs, the warriors, supernatural fighters, and the humans on the very bottom doing menial labor, uh, farming, and what have you. Uh, I'm sure somehow they they have to work in a mine and they're told that what they're excavating is super useful for the society and it's they're doing a sacrifice i don't think we can go with a mine we've already done them i guess we have to because it's a dwarf right because dwarfs work in mines. oh well no i, I, I was like just gonna say as an example of something that happens in society <laughs> oh, okay. it doesn't have to be central but like at the the people at All the right. very bottom are told that you're making sacrifices to make this society work but actually they're just like yes. mining drugs for the overlords or something you know it doesn't even matter they can run everything with magic they don't need to do this work but humans are made to do this work to keep them in their place and you know because i keep trying to go back and forth like i don't want it to be in a modern day setting yeah but then again i also don't want it to be quite a tolkien setting so i guess we got to go like a steampunk fuck yeah i don't think for for as amount amount of things at times people are like Talk about love and steampunk. I'm not seeing a ton of steampunk these you days. Know, I think there's still a void in our movies and television for steampunk. You know, they try sometimes, but it's always shit. Whenever they try to do something, it's always really <laughs> bad. Um, but, you know, not this time. That's how you know it's different. It's one of ours because it's good. I, You're right because it's like because we're doing a more advanced society, it's also like, well, what are they just going to ride around? But do you want an actual car for them to run over humans with? Or like how steampunk are you thinking, Jim? <laughs> Uh yeah yeah let me think I don't know if they need an actual car yeah. but I don't know maybe a steamship I mean <laughs> who knows yeah. um but okay well yeah because those are just we're those are just ideas because we're trying to paint the picture of the society they're not necessarily like things we will have in episodes I'm sure it's stuff we will touch on just to like they're just world building to you know for you the listener or the viewer to understand 
what we're getting into. So like we need to build our our group at least and then our villain because it, at least we have kind of a basic idea of how the society yeah. is. Then the things will start to fall in place on how things are going to work. Yeah. Um, the, I want to touch on something you mentioned there about the potential of like a half-elven child or something. I think a lot of this yeah. show is going to be about subverting expectations because Tolkien, we're touching on that, but it's been so done to death. I'm starting to think of the red pilling as like subverting all your expectations about what you should see in, in a Tolkien depiction, you know? Um so okay. my idea there would be, as an example, if we want to go extreme with it, in the first episode, there's like a story of this, uh, you know, our, our main character is a human, finds out about this half-elven child being born, uh, possibly a, a child of a non-consensual relation. We can figure that out later. It's a very touchy subject. But either way, I just wanted to say, like, if there's a half-human, half-elf child, it definitely needs to be built up as, like, this person's going to be the bridge between our two worlds. And then at the end of the first episode, the bad guy just explodes the baby. And that is how we yes. actually... It's kind of a, a, a cheap, shitty way to give the main character's motivation to just kill something. But I just think I really want to kill that idea of a prophecy or, or chosen one or what have you and just kind of have our crew yeah. come together in a sort of united, this is actual bullshit and we're not special at all, but we're going to deal with it sort of way. Kind of like the boys. It's a little bit like the boys. Yeah, that's fine, though. Yeah. Um, and again, maybe the child isn't blown up. Maybe the child shows up later or what have you. But I just like that idea of going, you expect this to be a big deal, that there's a half-human, half-elf child. Guess what? They're running around all over the place. We don't give a shit. We oppress them like everyone else or something. Yeah, no, I like that. I, I like the the uh, playing with the expectations and, um, yeah, with the idea of what it is because it's not... Because there's not there's not a for these types of questions for these types of issues that we're tackling there's not an easy answer like that yeah so I think I, I think it brings more true in our steampunk fantasy land uh, that we throw a little dose of reality in there now do you think that humans literally cannot learn magic or is that just some shit they tell us no well that's actually yeah that's what I I, I was thinking that too and I lost it for a second when we were talking about something else but yes it. it we have to have something where it's like um, the the elves' power is actually kind of uh, it's like sucking off of humanity in a way, yeah. and that's where they're getting some of their power, and that's where you can kind of become become red pilled to the idea. I mean, I guess it is very Matrix. We're almost <laughs> like batteries, yeah. like like we're batteries for the elite, and you know that ties in. I feel like that's it's an on the nose. I'm not saying it's subtle or anything, but it is a metaphor for how the people in power live off of the, you know, the haves live off the have-nots. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Labor of the masses should not be uh, enriching yes. your uh, superiors. Now, is this an actual, like, is there elven magic power parasitic in the sense that it literally is, like, fueled by human suffering? Or is it something more specific that they're pulling from them? Or is it like when a human feels pain, an elf gets more powerful? <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be the human suffering, but it's... Uh, I mean, it might just be something as broad as like uh, proximity or or even just something where, you know, people go missing every now and then, but it's like, oh, who cares? Just another human missing, go missing all the time. Are the elves and like, vampires? Where they... <laughs> Is that? In a way, yeah, because yeah, that's kind of where I, I guess I was kind of going, where someone goes missing and then we see like the secret, 
you know, like ceremony they happen where happens where like the like a a group of elves sit in a circle and then they put a, a human in the middle and like all like just suck the essence out of them. They're not like biting them like vampires, but I guess essentially it is like very vampiric in nature of what they're doing. And and it could be it could be a combination of both where just like the whole vibe they're they're just they're getting uh power off the whole vibe of the world of just, you know, uh people having to work and um you know struggle in society and then every now and then they're also a little cherry on top snatching people up and they're just literally sucking their essence out and leaving a an, an empty husk of a person. Do they sacrifice them to their elven gods? Uh, like, they're perverse. Like, is that how they get their power? Or do we want to avoid that sort of thing? I don't know. Like, is it a cultish thing? Uh, hmm. I mean, that could play off of, like, conspiracy theories in a way where we, you know, people have literal conspir- actual conspiracy theories of uh, the elites going to uh, these forest locations and having demonic <laughs> ceremonies. Yeah, but it actually so works maybe. in this wor- world, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. P- potential sacrifices to elven gods. Either way, there's a lot of corruption going on in the upper classes. It's, again, we're bringing it back to a class battle, not unlike the communism episode. Um, but, you know, that's just how we roll. That's just our vibe. So, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's just there's always going to be there's going to be in story in general, you're going to have some universal truths, and you know the haves versus the have-nots, or the the oppressed versus the oppressors. It's always going to be something to to mine for ideas. Um, so, hmm. Uh, Ooh, I just thought of just one thing to connect it kind of to Lord of the Ring. I think the elven lords and whatnot, they might be able to pull a sort of greater good card, like maybe kind of in a 1984 type way, there's a uh, there's a battle against an evil overlord who likes keep building armies and whatnot, and they like send out armies to fight them, in quotes, and all of that. Uh, but it could all be, you know, shadow play to keep the masses uh, in line. Uh, send off the people who don't agree with you to quote-unquote war, have them destroy each other. Uh, but it's all just elven lords uh, fucking around, you know. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Like a false enemy that keeps yes. uh, like like there's a false yeah, flag a false operation. En- yeah, f- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, so we have like yeah, uh, uh, they have like a fake war or manufactured w- wars to keep people in line. But yeah, I guess we got to kind of these are all good things because it is a TV show. So we yeah. do have these big epic ideas, things that will, you know. Uh, explore build the world and have going on to play around with but uh but then on the like more focused zoomed in version i mean obviously we have our human hero uh female i imagine sure what is her life well she's got to be one of the subjugated peoples right absolutely so we don't want to do minor because we just did a minor uh but do you think would uh, so if there is a fake war, would she maybe like she could have a fall from grace in a gladiator type style where she's been allowed to ri- rise as far as 
uh, humans are allowed to do. She's a sergeant in the army or what have you. Uh, this could be a different character. It might not be the main character. I just like the idea of having someone who's like risen up as far as a human can and they actually do a good job. They fit into the system, but maybe they just happen to see something they're not supposed to. They happen to figure out that this war is fake, something like that. Yes. Just see yeah, all the people perfect. plotting uh, the bad stuff to happen and going like, wait, actually totally someone who believes in the system. And like, I imagine that the, the main bad guy who might be the lord of this city is uh you know actually revered by everyone everyone loves him he's he's like the returned king uh the returned elven god king or what have you uh so obviously everyone loves and adores him uh but she sees something she's not supposed to and that kind of gets her thrown in the deepest pit they can find <laughs> uh i do like that but yeah i think maybe that wouldn't be the main character yeah it's fair um uh, let me think because I don't know if like the obvious thing is to make that like the parent but then I feel a parent of our main character but then I feel like that character would have to die yeah I mean parents like, die bro yeah parents uh, die. because like, I feel like our main character our female hero is an every woman okay. um, maybe even someone with uh, with the the high dream of being in the military uh, to fight for uh, our society. Um, but, you know, as a woman, you know, we don't allow you at this in, in this particular, you know, uh, regiment. You know, you could only do this, this and this. Oh, but I want to be a steampunk pilot or whatever. No, you can't. You can't do that. Um, because, uh, but although I guess that's kind of coming up, you know what? I guess it could be a military family because I was going to say, because that's coming up against the same, I guess, I guess they're being red pilled. So maybe it's okay if they both have this like enlightenment where they both think like things are great and then they have this enlightenment that things are not great. Well, the only I just thing don't want to be too uh, much of the same. Yeah, the only thing I feel certain about right now is because we're playing with all the fantasy tropes, the orphan trope of like i'm an orphan my family was killed by the bad guy like obviously whoever our main character is her family maybe excluding a relative who's this person we talked about a second ago is a sergeant who can tell her the truth but like she definitely grows up thinking that the evil lord and his evil orc army or what have you are the ones who killed her family like they they've been raiding the villages we had a peaceful life out in the villages we were farmers but they were actually being subjugated into that position as well we were farmers out there minding our own business then the orcs came and destroyed us all and ever since i've hated this bad guy enemy and i love the lord of the city who's taken us in and protected us sort of thing okay all right you know maybe we do just combine these characters then yeah, I mean, I... You know what? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm back on board then with just having it be, this is our main character then. Top okay. soldier, female character. Yeah. And also, yeah, one, reason why one of the top... Because so, like you said, this this belief that uh, her family was slaughtered by this, uh, this enemy that they're fighting against. Um, and, you know... It's been like fueled by this revenge in a lot of ways. This is kind of a this character has a dark side to her, uh, which fuels you know how proficient she is as a soldier. But then you know here comes that red pill, throw everything all out of whack. 
Yeah, it's got to be then that she grew up as an orphan uh, because her family was destroyed by this battle uh, or this attack, this random attack by the evil the evil ones uh, army. And uh, she grew up wanting to join the army, so she did. So then uh, wizards are our false flag enemy then, correct? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Are they? Because the way the like reason human wizards, you mean? Huh? Yeah, I guess. Because like, like I'm thinking of wizards as they're almost like a different class of 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 person, just because of, they they're magic sure. or whatever. Because I mean, I guess, and and I know this is tropey, but of course that's we're playing with tropes in fantasy, and especially it, when I'm picturing this, maybe she captures some sort of wizard, and but he's like a kind of a funny character, and like you know, on the journey back, he's like, oh, but you could just let me go, and blah blah blah, and. And but it comes to this point where he's about to be executed, but then he does let something, some sort of truth or something that she knows is true, uh, like slip. And then she realizes, like, wait a minute, there's information, whether it be related to her family or some sort of greater truth. And then she has to go against everything she knows to set this wizard free. Um, and I mean, I guess now we're <laughs> it's almost like the wizard's the dog. I get it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like that. Uh, say he's a warlock, right? And yes. so the the evil one, he has a, a cabal of warlocks that do his bidding and command monsters to attack. And that's, I guess, do we want orcs to be part of the city? Or are we going to go with like orcs are part of the evil army? It feels like it's more in line with the standard fantasy tropes that we're subverting to have the orcs as part of the evil army. Or are they just kind of people in the city as well? What do you think? I think, well, I think they're both. I think they're definitely part okay. of the evil army. Yeah, because I guess since we have this this girl who's part of the army but she, again she's top of what people can be like the orcs yeah. are above her still like she reports to the orcs but they're also like even though they're in the army they still live in this city like you know there's still more of like a society around these roles that everyone's set in that's the way i see it Mm. I just feel like we, I mean, again, I might be approaching it from too simplistic of a thinking here, but I, I just feel like there's more to subvert if in her mind it's like, humans good, orcs bad, uh, you know, we fight the evil one and his orcs, if it's actually Lord of the Rings, you know, rather than orcs are integrated into society at a higher level than humans, it's a bit confusing. We're kind of throwing a lot at the viewer to understand in the pilot episode class structure-wise before we fuck it all up if the orcs are in there as well. Well, because what I'm saying I'm is because, thinking. yeah, like our orcs aren't standard, they're not like dumb drone orcs because that's usually what everything is like our orcs yeah. are like generals that's the way i'm picturing thinking like it. war ha- warhammer type big armor motherfucker is not necessarily stupid yeah just, like they're big yeah. motherfuckers but they're just big and they're big and strong and they're like leaders of the army like they they represent okay. the military or the police in this society just because that's their, their strength because literally they're stronger and I feel like they're fighting because now that I, I think about it, I feel like they're fighting warlocks, witches and warlocks, wizards, basically. They're fighting magic yeah. people. And one of the main reasons why uh, elves, who are the top tier in the current society we're stuck in, uh, want to fight uh, wizards is because they're the only ones that could maybe have some sort of uh, some sort of threat against you know their current. Uh, society and like that I think that kind of puts things in a different 
like with if it's just standard orcs or like the enemy and then they end up being like mm-hmm. our friend i don't know i guess that still works as well but i feel like there needs to be more power behind it to to uh give these elves a run for their money Okay, well, no, I was even imagining that, like, the, the warlocks and wizards and whatnot, which are great as enemies, like, because they're so different and, like, they could be otherworldly and strange and command actual monsters that they create that are, like, abominations and all that. I was still imagining them as, like, nah, they're still kind of, like, in on it or what have you, because it's all yeah. false flag shit anyways. But I, what I was going to say, that's great about the orcs as they as a representation of, say, law enforcement and military, because then we can go with a sort of Aowab... Uh, all orcs or bastards yes. like that's yeah. Yeah. that's what they represent Absolutely. power structure wise that the like you know imagine our character as a uh woman a human woman potentially a black person <laughs> or any kind of uh human race we're all one in this uh imagine her as like she is unable she would be great holding the position that an orc is holding but she just can't do that because of all the prejudice that exists against her yeah and i think um, i mean i think the I think we would be looking to cast a a person of color for this part, be a female person of color, because yeah, we do want to drive the idea home, um, and um, I just show yeah, because we're 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 trying to show the levels of oppression and uh, the strength to fight back. So it's a perfect encapsulation, in my opinion. Um, so I also liked what you mentioned about like her like capturing a warlock or whatever and accidentally coming into contact with the enemy and getting a bit of information that way uh, about how things are actually running and I, I would like like we want to build a, a gang of myths, misfits that sort of uh, maybe Ocean's Eleven type uh, trying to take down the system from the inside or what have you so I would love if we could get a warlock uh, fella in on this who's like a comedic character yes. you expect him to be this evil guy he's got a big helmet or what have you but because everything is kind of a bit fake he's just he's just doing his job playing his part and he can talk a lot about yeah you know I he may, maybe he's an actual actor or something that's just as pyrotechnics or may, I don't know if he has real magic or not uh, but some sort of truth that slips out from him I don't know exactly what the what's the horrible thing that she stumbles upon I think we need to figure it out because it should be like the inciting incident of the first episode so I mean I guess the the logical thing would be to tie it if 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 her drive is due to like the loss of her family uh is it would have to tie to that and maybe it could be something that someone x you know so and so is still alive type deal and even like he could even drop this information unknowingly in a weird way uh Mm. where you know trying to connect the dots we work out the details after the fact but it would just be you know he's he's definitely a comedic character he's definitely a smooth talker he's talking all the time cracking jokes getting the audience to like him and you, you get to play with the comedy because she's more of a, uh, a hard-nosed by the book you know soldier so he's he's even reluctantly she like she's reluctantly having her walls broken down. Uh, as he's becoming across as a likable character. But yeah, there has to be yeah. some then like truth bomb, if you will, that's going <laughs> to come through, break through the exterior uh, and kind of rock her life in general and make her rethink all of her choices. And I assume it would have to be tied to her family and maybe the potential that someone's still alive. Uh, you know, maybe it could be 
uh, I don't know, baby sister, could be a, an uncle, could be a cousin, something like that. Well, do we want to do we want to try try to tie it back into like a a half elven child? Like there was a rumor that there was a child born of an elf and a human in this village, so the elven lord just went there and killed everyone, uh, like every single one, and she just happened to escape this thing. And the story put out was that it was you know the bad guys or what have you. She could be having flashbacks to this, and uh, I don't know if she's actually had her memory repressed because I feel like they would just kill her. Um, if she was there, like the the whole campaign being like, yeah, if you're, because you get the sort of race supremacy thing from the elves as well there, where they're like, they uh, they would legitimately see human and elves mixing as a step in towards their ruin because they want to remain pure and whatnot. Agreed. Um, they're the one percent, the billionaires, the uh, the weird uh, KKK meetings in the forest kind of people. So obviously they'd be very much against against that. Um, could have been but I, I i i'm just trying to tie it together to get that back into play again but then of course if she's grown up at this point we don't want her to be half elven because that's yeah, the no. opposite of what the point we're trying to make um so i don't know what it is exactly um that she finds out we'll have to crack that nut i think yeah yeah i mean i think there would be there's something for because even without having her being half elf there's still an argument on why she would be kept alive anyways um, and mm-hmm. kind of allowed to like r- drive through the ranks, but we could just have some weird, like, uh, th- like uh, perverted, not, not like sexual perverted, but just this like power perverted idea of like, Oh, I, l- I like to, you know, I like to play with these animals and let them, you know, uh, it's, it's even better when they're that, uh, loyal to us, uh, even though we've taken everything away from them, um, but anyway, that's getting off base. Let me get back to the the truth bomb. I mean, hmm. I guess maybe it doesn't have to necessarily tie into her family initially, uh, but just tie into the the false flag of it all. Yeah, let's figure out some of the actual truths going on. As in, we know that uh, we know that she's part of this war effort, but. Like, who is the enemy then? Because I'm like, what we've assumed is like the lord of the city is an elven lord. He's the actual worst person, but everyone loves him. He's the returned king. We know him. Uh, who are they fighting? Like the evil overlord, the evil one? Does he, is he just called that or does he have a name? It doesn't quite matter, but I'm wondering, is he real or not? Uh, like, how fake is he? And, uh, you know, how false is the flag? Hmm. That's good. Well, I mean, they are fighting enemies. They're fighting warlocks, at least. So there's something going on, but then yeah, like, are the warlocks people who would like fight for the ideals that our main character believe in, or are they also evil people who suppress their you know armies or what have you? That's a good question. Because yeah, are they in on it? Like they can be, you know, they can be real enemies in that there's a real conflict going on, but they can also suppress on their own side sort of thing, or think of humans as inferior because they cannot carry magic within them or what have you. Um, but just trying to figure out how it all connects there, you know? Because if they're if they're genuinely evil and suppress their own people, then that can't be the truth bomb because she, you know, would be right to fight them. The truth bomb would then have to be related to her family. But I don't know who this warlock, this wisecracking warlock is like... Mm. But now I feel like it's more so that they're the, hmm. well, because also they can't not be they can't just be good either. Like, outright. exactly. 
Good, because then it's just an easy place to go once you leave this society. Yeah. What if the the warlocks, right? Because the elves are immortal, this has been going on for hundreds of years. Maybe the warlocks are people who were originally oppressed in our city or by these peoples, by the elves or what have you. They performed weird occult experiments on themselves or maybe the elves did it to them as experiments that's how they got a new kind of species that are human but able to channel magic but they've been oppressed all along and now they've become so twisted and weird like they they're fighting against the elves because they're their previous uh, oppressors but they've also gone way too far and lost all of their humanity as well and are fine to just throw armies of human this humans this way or that or or destroy hundreds of thousands of humans if it also means to destroying this elf lord because he's thrown out the the humans in the way of him uh in in the way for the warlocks to destroy so the warlocks would be a representation of what happens when you take the revenge thing too far and forget about yes. being an actual human on the inside kind of thing no i love that i love that and um and yeah it makes it so that they do have a legit thing they're fighting for and and yeah actually it's just they've they're still just fighting in general just to not be, you know, taken over by the elves. And, yeah, that's a good representation of being consumed by revenge. And you can even tie it into some sort of the uh, humanity does have some sort of untapped power that basically the elves are using. Um and yeah yes. the warlocks so the same ritual that yeah. where they suck the energy from the humans they've found a way to harness that as well but maybe the warlocks need to kill like a dozen humans as well to absorb their power and do that thing and then our main character's like what the fuck yeah yeah <laughs> or that yeah they just try they try to un- unleash the same power but they don't know how to do it the same way and it gets twisted into yeah they're like these weird warlocks but there's still a lot of good people over there there's still a lot of good warlocks Especially this our com- uh, comedic fun character that shows up, um, but yeah, what's what's this inciting? We need our inciting incident still. Well, I I feel like it's probably related to our family being destroyed, right? Because then you can have an emotional flashback where maybe she's the. P- the person she's been hunting, she believes to be a warlock. She, When she gets a chance to talk to a, one of the enemies, she's like, tell me about this person and describes them and whatnot. But it turns out to be just an elf wearing a mask or something. Well, like, that's what she's remembering. <laughs> you know what? You know how to do this? And I think this is how TV shows do things where you can do a, th- a vague thing because you're going to figure it out later anyways and you have time to figure out the, the mystery. So when we're introducing our main character... You know, it's a lot of shorthand. We see, you know, she's she's by the book. She's a great soldier, but she's hit a yeah. glass. She's hit a glass ceiling clearly because of being being a human and in this society that we've already set up that has all these layers. And there are these orc generals, and they don't really respect her because she's a person, but they kind of have to because they know she's a great soldier. And like you said, we are also we're seeing these flashbacks because. The flashbacks are defining the why she is the way she is and what is really lighting that fire inside of her to be the best and try to make good for her family that was taken away from her. And maybe in the flashback, we keep seeing this like this necklace or something that whether it be your mom or father, whoever, some sort of thing that she keeps seeing that her parent had. And then, you know, we go through this 
uh, ah, here's an assignment. You had to go blah, blah, blah. You fight this battle. Get this guy. And she gets this guy who's our comedic warlock friend. And the audience likes him because he's funny. She doesn't like him because he's a warlock. They have this. Yep. They have a little bit of a built-up banter as she brings them back and brings them back. And it's, of course, like, oh, try it's barely a trial, but, you know, sentence him to death or whatever. And then when he gets put upon the guillotine and he leans forward, the necklace falls out of his shirt. It's the necklace from the flashback. Oh, my God. How did you get this? She's like, rest. She just reacts on pure emotion, breaks the span free. We can even set up maybe that like there's a dwarf in the factory that she's good friends with that has a little rapport at the beginning. So she like goes to him for help. And now we got like another member of the team. Um, yeah. and it, she's over but like wait. she doesn't even have a, she doesn't even have a moment to second guess what she's doing. She just reacts to the there's like there's some sort of connection to her flashback that he has the same pendant um, and you know we can then figure that rest out later. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jim, two things, right? You're telling me all this. First off, that's the pilot. We, we're coming up. We're, we're going to like try to tie things together now. But that's the pilot. What you j just said is the pilot. And I was listening here spellbound. And you know what that made me think? That's the name of the show because they're oh! literally like bound by the spells yes! and the magic of this world. They're bound by it. It's their chains. Spellbound. Uh, that's perfect. Jim, so what I thought, I, I was even having trouble grasping like what the reveal was. He, I know he has the necklace or whatever, but does that mean he's her relative from the fucking who knows? Thing we're gonna find. That's what we're gonna. That's what you gotta tune in, <laughs> tune in to find out. <laughs> I know, but I'm too excited now. Now I want to figure it out, Jim. Because uh, or is it a symbol of they are part of a resistance sort of thing or part of a? I don't know. I, I but I, I do want to. I, I know we got to wrap it up, but I yeah. want to nail that down as well because I'm just excited about the possibility. The best though. thing about like, that is that it could be all of the above. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It is like a symbol of this rebellion and her parents actually were a part of it. And that's kind of why they they were slaughtered. But she was too young to know that. And she was always told that it was because of the warlocks and how, you know, the warlocks are painted to not even just the young humans, but, you know, the orcs growing up, the dwarves, like everyone in the society as you're as they're growing up, the way they're taught, because, you know, history is. Um, you know, uh, like morphed the, the way that the way you raise the 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 young generation, they were just taught that yeah. like, oh, the warlocks, they're just like bloodthirsty. They came through and slaughtered this village, and they slaughtered your parents, and that's why we fight them because we, you know, we're protecting our freedom here. They they hate our freedom here in uh whatever the name of you know. Mockladoon or whatever the fuck <laughs> society we live yeah, in. Let's, let's go with that. Yeah. Mockladoon. <laughs> uh you know, warlocks hate our freedom. They're just savages that live out in the dark forest and they hate that. They've we... experimented with dark magics yes. and they want to open portal to bring the hell dimensions into this world and we need to stop them, etc. etc. Yeah. Um I am interested in who like destroyed the village though, because I feel like that's important. Even if he has like a locket or something that would be the same locket as someone in her family had. Because what I thought at first was maybe like the, the he see she sees the person who came in and killed them all had that locket, but it turns out it was the elf lord of lords that she's never seen is actually the one who personally came and just destroyed the village because of you know some personal reason. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that connection though. My immediately thought, my immediate thought was like, they're related now. <laughs> they're, it's her, it's her, uh, cousin who got abducted and has now become a warlock. So it was my first thought, but you know what that, I, I think know. that still works. I think it, cause it, and it's not even that he doesn't even know that. Like it's, yeah. it's something that they find, like they'll both find out. I think that still works. And then, then we get into the, like what it represents and again, yeah, so we don't have to have it where she's like um, half elf, half human, and warlocks are just like, yeah, uh, twisted beings in a weird way, but, you know, not not quite in a He's... nefarious purpose from their end, but just in a survival, like they have to do something like that because of the where the, the, the environment that they're now in uh, as ousted from society and in this perpetual war. Yeah, but I, I like to imagine the elder warlocks who have like stri striven to make themselves powerful enough to destroy their enemies. They've also lost more and more of their yes. humanities, kind of a Palpatine kind of look to them or even more twisted than that. But the reason that works, the reason our warlock is more of a fun, friendly, chatty kind of guy is he grew up with in a human village and was then, you know... He he would have been one of the sole survivors as well, but he he saw what happened and wandered away from there and got picked up by a, a wandering warlock. And the reason they, the story is that the village was destroyed by a warlock is there actually was a warlock near there, but it's the one who, who just wandered there, came across this uh, child and took him in and trained him. So he's still an apprentice. Uh, he's still, like, taking the the vitamin hits and the injections to give him magic powers or what have you and losing slowly his humanity, but he's still, he's still got some, uh, wise to crack. Yeah. And it could be, yeah. Going back to the locket, it could represent some sort of like rebellion that was starting. And that's why, um, you know, our elf leaders decided to, to squash the village. Um, and it was, it, it maybe it was, reminiscent of a, of a rebellion that wasn't necessarily going to be on the warlock side or on the the elf uh, side it was going to just try to build up their own thing and you know started try to start a new society and it was kind of squashed before it could begin um, and that way it's kind of like does keep it more in the middle and that's where we're going to build from because now it's like she's going to take on her parents' like initial goal was to mm -hmm. you know we're not gonna we're not gonna you know morph ourselves into this like creature for magic to fight the elves but we're also not gonna take on the role of our oppressors we're gonna tr we're trying to build a new society of equality. So to set that up then, to figure it out, I'm imagining this is stuff that's revealed in flashback throughout the first season, but in the village where our main character lived, um, what actually happened to her parents, they were facing all the same oppression that everyone faces in this society and reacting against it. And her father, say, was like, I have so disillusioned that he's like, we are going to ally ourselves with the warlocks there we have heard promises that over there they have actually there we're just being lied to he's been red pilled he's the first initial yes. red pill yeah. but the problem is the warlocks are also pieces of shit but he doesn't know this so in a flashback that maybe there was an old man who came to the village and i didn't understand at the time and we see flashbacks and there was an actual warlock that came and talked to her parents and was like yeah you can come and join me just bring me um you know 15 humans uh, for each person that you want to uh, save, yeah. and the the fifteen will have to go to to 
to the to the elder gods that we worship to give us the power to fight the elves. Yeah. But we can save the few. That is what we're doing. We're trying to save humanity. And they're like, that's some bullshit. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, but because they had that meeting, so the warlock's like, ah, fair enough. I'll just leave you to it. By the way, uh, the elven lord knows whenever a warlock treads here, you will all be destroyed if you don't join me or what have you. Um, he leaves... The elven lord shows up. He knows there's been a warlock there. He's been talking to him, destroys the whole village, uh, sets all of that good stuff up, and it also sets up that the warlock, who I'm imagining is the younger brother now, adopted or not, of our main character, uh, he's a survivor as well, runs off, finds this uh, fella and is like, here are your corpses, you weird fuck. I'll join your cause because this guy actually did kill my family. (laughs) Uh, And he can be the one who overheard this conversation. So he relays this as they grow closer over the season. Yeah, no, I love all of it. I think this is coming together. It's a bit great. convoluted, but you know, that's it's supposed it's it's, it's it's a fantasy story. It's supposed to be. And it's <laughs> and it's it's a I mean, they would do this in a movie, but it, this is a series. So we're we're setting yeah. off so much shit, things that are going to be in motion because there's going to be uh plentiful event- uh, adventures if I don't say so myself. Yeah, and just to give a broad idea, I'm so in the first season then, are they just inside Macladoon sort of plotting to kill the 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 main guy, the lord, or like what is their plot once they all, you know, are two main characters and the dwarf who's their friend probably meets a misfit orc along the way, but like what is the goal? They want to kill the leader of the elves? Uh, or what's the idea? Well, that's kind of one I, of the goals. It's toppling, uh, yeah, the 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 leader, and then that's even something like we can get to that by like season two, even because again, we're throwing like uh, expectations out the window. Like we set up this mission, or like a goal of our show is like we need to topple the the elf like the 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 power structure or whatever the elf leader is so we can you know free the people but the reason why it can happen in season two is because it's like okay now what like now we have to fucking build a society it's not just as easy as cutting the head off the snake like that's not how it's going to work like once we top of the leader now it's when the real work begins because now you're going to have outliers and dealing with uh, people trying to think that you're now an oppressive leader, like stuff like that. Like it's uh, be careful what you wish for type shit. But I think in the beginning, yes, it's just a standard like Lord of the Rings. Here's our main villain. We need to get together, get the whatever X, Y thing that we need, like a video game almost. We need to go and acquire the, 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 the leaf of the fruit and then get the the bread of the the strong and then go back <laughs> and topple the leader mm-hmm. but then from there it's now it's about building a society uh we can even get like early game of thrones ish where things get more serious and political uh where we start playing with ideas and like the reality of the situation yeah i think an early question being how do we kill the immortal is good 
Uh, and I think upon actually achieving that impossible goal, which they do through, I don't know, magic, probably losing part of their humanity, at least one member of their ma- gang of misfits dies, but, you know, approaching it more like a heist and less like, you know, an epic battle. It's like an, ass- they're an yeah. it's an assassination that they need to carry out. And like, maybe there's stuff like the warlocks, they can't abide silver or what have you. Um, but we have to figure out what is the elf actually like the person who's built themselves up with magic and draining humans and all that they need to figure out how does the human draining operation work and how can they shut that down to make sure the elves underneath the leader are becoming discontent because they're losing their power and try to get one of them on board blackmail them to get into the palace and etc etc magic sword probably at some point just to tie it all in but it's all to uh, assassinate this thing but like after they manage to kill that which is immortal that's when it's obviously becomes clear just as you say when they try to build something new based on that the immortality is not just in the elf it's in the power structure of it yes. imagine in north korea when one dictator le- dies another one takes its place uh the problem is not the monsters as such the problem is the system that builds the monstrous power structures and that's where we're taking apart across five seasons of spellbound <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Well, and and like, I know it kind of comes off that we're like hand waving some of the things, but in a weird way, when you, when you're starting a fantasy story, you kind of, that's what you're supposed to do because we're hand waving the stuff that's going to be super tropey that we're going to play with that people still enjoy, Mm -hmm. but it's more about hitting the bigger ideas anyways. And I think we're hitting the big ideas that we want uh, and that we want to nail, and I think we'll come come across clear to the audience. So it is now. It's kind of really about like, so who's our ragtag group? And I guess who's our? I mean, our villain is just an evil elf. I guess you don't have to get too much into it past that. You kind of get the idea of who this person is. And I want him like to to mention again. I want him to be like uh, Aragorn at the end of the last I love Lord that. of the yeah. Rings. I love you that. Know? Yeah. He's got the fancy crown. He is the king who was promised. He returned and saved us all from the evil warlocks who were unleashing hell upon us and brought order and structure to the world. Like, there was a prophecy about him. That's what I mean. Like, we don't have a prophecy about our main characters. The prophecies were all about the bad guys in this, you know? And I mean... that's part of how they set themselves up. <laughs> and it, kind of in Game of Thrones fashion, for the shorthand, in a way, is we cast Viggo Mortensen as this character. Ooh! Yes, absolutely. And because he's older now, too. So like it, it plays into it like, you know, OK, after the hap- and we, we do give off the vibe that at one time, whether it be how many generations ago, this evil elf did take control with the idea of building a great, better society. Yeah. And we can even play with that. He also had good intentions originally. Yeah. And he can even play with that like before he's destroyed or throughout the journey if he has interactions with our characters where you know you think you can it's just that easy you think you can run a society or run a land and have everyone on the same level like and and you're gonna have people that want to oust you from power and you're gonna have things that need to be done and uh you know people that you need to please that and favors to 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 turn back to and like he'll he gives them a glimpse of like it's not gonna be that easy like even by destroying me you'll see oh, oh you'll see and Vigo Mortensen killing it of course yeah he's gonna do great I also have a pitch for who's playing our main character okay I do as well um, but yeah go ahead 
Okay. One, two, do you want to th- say it on three? Because do we both have Danai Guerrero, who plays uh, uh, Okoye in Black Panther, the Queen's Guard or King's Guard uh, leader? In oh, Black that Panther? is great. I went younger. I think that is a great okay. pick, though. I picked. Um, her name is Amanda Stenberg. She was in. Um, she was Rue way back in the day in Hunger Games, and oh, she was yeah. recently in this movie, The Hate You Give or The Darkest Minds. Uh, but I, because I was thinking younger, but I also love your pick because uh, she's in The Walking Dead too, right? She is, yeah. Yes. Now I get what you're saying with Rue as well. Um, and if we were making one of our eight million teen shows, <laughs> yeah. you know what? I yeah, would let's agree. go. Okay, I'm with you. So yeah, let's skew older with this one. Because um, I, I, because when I was going younger, then I had Jaden Smith for the Warlock. I mean, maybe we could still keep Jaden Smith. Because if he was a baby, and then she was a bit older when everything happened, but she just assumed yeah. he died. But then again, I'm trying to think maybe there's a different someone else we can get for that part. Well, I mean, maybe not for that part. Maybe a different warlock, but I kind of want David Tennant to be in it because uh, he's great oh, as yeah, like David a weird Tennant evil guy. Um, but probably not the main war- warlock. Um you know the the sidekick because I was imagining them as related. As I said, it could be an adoptive relationship. Could be the friend. Well, from I'm. The next. I was gonna say. I, I still think there's a dwarf friend that helps them out. But he could always play a dwarf friend. David Tennant. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But is that not uh, problematic, Jim? Should we not have an actual person with dwarfism playing a dwarf? Uh, I mean, um, I guess it's like how. Yeah, I guess it depends on how how uh, you know how short is this dwarf. I mean, I guess that's David Tennant's six one. Yeah, that's quite <laughs> tall for a dwarf. I mean, um, Lord of the Rings—they did force perspective and all that good stuff. That's true. But either way, I, no. I mean, I mean uh, he could be an elf. I, that's fine. He he fits more. As, I mean, or a warlock. He fits more as a warlock, anyways. Yeah, David Tennant as like he can be like the main warlock who's like become corrupted over years. They'll throw some cool makeup yeah. on. Yeah, maybe give. Well, him he some could be the he could something. be the one that takes in. Um, that takes in our yes, relative. Takes in the yeah. warlock, and he kind of does. Do. He has a mm. like a turn. Like he he decides to you know raise him as his own, and maybe uh, maybe he becomes a little softer than he was at least in the initial flashback. You know what I mean? Like he's not as gung ho. Like let's uh, let's feed off the power of humanity. And do we want to go with J- Jaden Smith on? The warlock, or do we have any other any other pitches for? Um, I guess maybe we could still keep it with Jaden Smith. Because uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess because I'm trying to think. I guess he can't. Because how old is um? She's forty two. Forty two. Okay. And I. So I mean, we can't get Sterling K. Brown because I think he's older as well. But I love I love me some Sterling K. Brown. I feel like this character would be the comedic warlock would be younger. So yeah, maybe we could keep it with Jaden Smith. But then he is literally like twenty years old, and she's like forty years old. So they can't really have been friends when she was like eight, and their yeah, village no, was destroyed. Right. Yeah, you're Although right. magics could have kept him young or what have you. I mean, look, it's fucking fantasy. <laughs> I mean, I don't <laughs> mean to like. We can't just keep pulling people that were in Black Panther. Although I guess I'll pat myself on the back. I pulled two people that weren't initially. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya yeah. from uh, Get Out. He's 31, so he would maybe work. I'm not super familiar. Also, I'm spelling his name wrong. Yeah, it's uh, uh, K-A-L-U-U-Y-A. Or you can always yeah. go John Boyega as well. Everyone loves John Boyega. 
Well, you know what, John Boy? Ah, ah. You know what? How old's Lakeith Stanfield? Lakeith Stanfield would be perfect for this role. He's twenty nine. He's perfect. Keith Stanfield. He was also in Get Out, but he's in oh, yeah. um, yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's great, but I feel like he would really embody this because he can. I feel like he could hit. He's he's got a lot of charisma. Um, so he can hit the, like the likability and the comedic aspect, but I feel like he can also hit like, there's like a darkness to this character, obviously, because he is a war. No, like, I I think, I I think you're totally right because like, I, I wasn't totally on board with Jaden Smith and also I, we don't want him to be too serious. I think he can actually pull off both the wisecracking stuff and then go like, ah, you killed my family or he can murder a bunch of people and then do some more wisecracks kind of thing. I really like that. So that's cool. Okay, yeah. we pretty much have the main cast. Yeah, I think we're good because, yeah, we got David Tennant. It's the warlock that kind of raised Lakeith Stanfield. Um, Then we have, I'm sorry, what's her name again? Uh, Uh, Danai Gurea. I'm sorry about the pronunciation, but. Yeah, yeah. from Walking Dead and Black Panther. Yeah, she would be great because she. I mean, we've seen, and she's in. Um, um, oh yeah, well, I was gonna say the Avengers. Yeah, of course, same character from, from Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, same character. It's been a long time. <laughs> Marvel movies haven't released in a while. We've been in a pandemic. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, but I mean, because she plays that soldier really well. She plays that, that like that's a soldier character really well. But like, she yeah, can bring I mean, a, that's what made me think of it. The same intensity that we see there is what she's bringing to it. But then she she becomes disillusioned with the military structures she's in. Well, we don't I, have the dwarf characters uh, actor, but we also don't really have their person personality either yeah um so you know maybe we'll just leave it <laughs> well yeah because what i was gonna say too about her because she she also brings she could bring a, a warmth and like a more more of a sensitivity to this like hard-nosed character but yeah the dwarf yes. i mean hmm yeah geez we really really fucking shortchanged shortchanged that character i mean he's almost an afterthought i guess he doesn't even yeah. exist <laughs> We don't need them. Well, there's okay. Look, let's just say there's going to be a dwarf and there's going to be an orc, like because yeah. that's we're doing that. And uh, and John we'll Cena plays the orc. We know John Cena's the orc. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, as far as the dwarf, I imagine the dwarf as someone who maybe they uh, have to go to to get a magical object because that's very fantasy that the dwarf has to smith it. Yeah, I mean it's in fucking. Avengers 2, but it's in actual mythology too, guys. It's in the real myths and all, so it makes sense. They have to get the magic sword or what have you, and he's like, you expect me to make a sword that can strike down that which is immortal? Well, maybe if you get me the right thing for it. Like, a real fetch quest kind of vibe, but then they become friends, but he dies in the end. You know, we'll we'll figure it out. Um, I mean, I would love to get Tony Cox as the dwarf if we if we need to go like accurate with it. Mm. Tony Cox is in Bad Santa. He's amazing. I love him. And uh, come on, Peter Dinklage, share the fucking roles, dude. Yeah, I know we can't go with Peter Dinklage. I'm fine with going with Tony Cox. Let's do that. Uh, he'll be great. And the orc is John Cena, as you say. So I'm pretty sure we have a cast now. And we have the name. I was really happy that I literally was thinking when you were describing that, I was like, wow, I'm spellbound. And then I was like, spellbound? <laughs> <laughs> so great job, Jim. We I think we did it again. We fucking nailed it. Another show. We got, we know what's going to happen in future seasons. And I know, so. I know, like, we always, I think we always do this at the end of each episode. And it's almost like we're, like, sucking our own dicks or something. But every time we do this at the beginning... 
And even through a, a little, uh, through a lot of the beginning of this one, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't know if we got yeah. it. But by the end, I'm excited. I'm like, yes, this is a fucking show. This would work. We got big ideas that we're, we're, we're not just like shortchanging them. I feel like we are trying to say something a little bit, but in a, like a poppy, you know, uh, pop TV kind of way. I feel like it would work really well. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm thinking this might be like an Amazon original show or something. You yeah. know, we want a high budget, but not too high of a budget. You know, it's yeah. not like a fucking Game of Thrones or what have you. We can but, figure this shit out well, with no, some it's special a, effects. Well, it's an early Game of Thrones. Like it's a uh, seasons one or two or something. Because they, did, it's not like they had big yeah. budgets then. We're, we're, we, we play with that because. A lot of people loved in the beginning. It was always like, oh, it's yeah, I usually don't like these, but this isn't like magic and shit. This is like, although we're going to have magic and shit, so get we ready. Are, but it's just a low scale. It, <laughs> because it's all, in, one thing we did not take from Lord of the Rings is it's a big tr- you know, journey from what A to B. In ours, it's going to be very much in this city, in this realm about the power that's there. And that means we can reuse a lot of sets. And it's also, we're going a bit steampunky, so we just get some warehouses, throw a bunch of cogs and shit on the wall. Like yeah. It doesn't have to be that expensive production-wise. So I think it's actually doable. And I think Spellbound is coming to a streaming service near you in the future. I, I can't believe it. We did it again. Do you have any final thoughts on this one, Jim? All I'm just saying is this is the one. This is the idea. It hits all yeah. the... It, it's hitting on all cylinders. It's mass appeal. Everyone can relate. It's a, it's a bona fide hit. Lord of the Rings meets Red Pilled. Yeah, and you know what? Everyone's just been waiting for two white men to explain racism, yes. power structures, and we're, I think we just nailed it. So on that, I, I think we proved it. Yet again, Jim, uh, you know what I'm about to say. Writing is easy. And and ideas ideas are are cheap. cheap.